what it is! How's it going everybody? Today we're going to be talking about Amsterdam, the newest star-studded cast movie that's come to theaters this weekend. We're going to talk about all the things. We're going to be talking about friendship and interracial relationships and, I don't know, other stuff. Being artistic to a dangerous degree. It's gonna be a whole thing. So sit back, relax, grab a snack, grab a beverage, and listen on in to The First Ones to Die. Hello everyone, welcome to The First Ones to Die podcast. My name is Jonathan. I hope you guys are all doing well today. We hope you're having a wonderful day, week, month, whatever it may be. Alex, Jerome, how y'all doing today? Alex, how you doing? I'm good. Just trying Rock to and roll. my light a little bit. That is random. <laughs> uh, I'm doing good, I guess. I don't know what that was. That kind Jerome of sounds like he's doing great, day. though. I see that. Uh, yeah, nothing exciting going on with me right now. It's been a calm week. Uh, th- well, things were fucked up at work, which was fantastic when you're working in healthcare but other than that i'm all good and i actually think i have my headphones on the wrong ears so jerome how are you i'm i'm good doing good um feeling good had a really boring day at work today but uh we power through nonetheless also i am riding high because this week uh it's already all over the internet she hulk Daredevil, baby! Daredevil's in the game! <laughs> and he was fantastic. He was great. It's weird that- Wait, you gotta episode... do a spoiler alert. Now, no spoiler anybody alert. who's like- He was literally in the first trailer before the show came out. <laughs> Everybody knew Daredevil That's was coming. That's true. He, like, that was not a spoiler at all. <laughs> they marketed the show off of, and Daredevil's gonna be there. Like, so everybody knew. We were just waiting for when it was gonna happen. And it happened this week, the episode just for the last episode, which is a little disappointing because I was hoping he'd be in there more, but that's okay. Because when he was there, he was fantastic. It's sad that the best episode is literally the second to last episode <laughs> of the show. It's not just because of Daredevil. The writing this season, this episode was really good across the board. She-Hulk was fantastic. Daredevil was fantastic. Uh, the plot for the episode was great. The joke stuck. Like, it was just good all around, 100%. Um, and despite what everybody says, like or the naysayers of She-Hulk, Tatiana Maslany is killing it as She-Hulk. I am excited to see her in more stuff as She-Hulk. And the CG's getting better, too. You could tell it was like, the first few episodes, they didn't know what they were doing. The last few episodes, they're like, all right, we finally got it. We we figured it out (laughs) and put it out and fixed it. So it looks good, looks tight. (laughs) So I would say for anyone who is still curious enough to watch She-Hulk, I would say wait till next week when like the last episode comes out and you can watch the whole thing, or I guess this upcoming week, because it's going to come out Monday. But this upcoming, uh, uh, Thursday, watch the whole thing, binge it. I think you'll have a good time. I, I like I I think the show has ups and downs, but I'm I'm still having fun and stuff. Uh, can't wait for that Daredevil show though. Still think 18 episodes is a lot, but I am excited to see see him in his own show. That's that's uh, that used to not be a lot. I know it used to not be a lot. 
Well, it was always a lot. The original Daredevil seasons were 13 episodes. That was already no, too long. I mean, in no, terms of like, like TV. Shows, yeah. Oh, yeah. well, yeah, but the difference is when though normally when shows are have that many episodes, yeah, they're, they're only like 22 minutes long. Right, like not an hour. Okay. Other than that, how you, is there anything else exciting than Daredevil? Is Daredevil suit normally yellow and like red? Is that like the comic style actually? In the on? original comics, his suit, his original suit, the first time was yellow and red, and then I don't know what happened, but eventually, then they just went with the all red look. Which Daredevil's had different costumes. He's also had black and red too, at one point. I like the black and red better. This one makes him look kind of. I guess it's like the old school style where it's like. Yeah, they wanted yeah. him to look like the old school Daredevil with the yellow and red, like the yellow. Yeah, cowl. where it's like nobody helped you on making that suit. Is clear. <laughs> uh, I like the idea though that he's just blind, so he don't care. He's like, it's like, why are you walking around in a yellow suit? It's yellow. What? I asked for dark green. And well, it's, it's, it's not. It's not. Uh, got a very nice gold and it's a light red too. It's like, a, actually, it looks more like kind of the shirt you're wearing, Jonathan. It's kind of that more red brown going on. Well, it's more like burgundy Maroon. and like mustard yellow. That's the color scheme more or less. Which actually. mustard yellow is like one of the <laughs> single worst yellows you can ever like wear on a person. So yeah, like who wants like, to be compared to mustard? Literally, yeah, that's exactly. the joke in the in the episode. She's like, ketchup really? and mustard are not the color scheme you should go with for a super suit. <laughs> we'll see. We all have the same thought. You look like a condiment. There's there's a I like not to go too far off topic, but there's a uh, run of Daredevil where Daredevil accidentally kills somebody. And uh, the Punisher, but the Punisher doesn't think it's an accident. He thinks he did it on purpose. The Punisher's like, hey, welcome to the club. We kill people. All right. And uh, Matt gets beat up. So he gives him one of his shirts because Matt's costume is tore up. So he needs a shirt. And so the Defenders, which is like Iron Fist and Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, all them, they pick up Daredevil. They're like, hey, we heard you killed somebody, man. And we get it. Like, we've all killed somebody. It's kind of messed up. And and we just want to know if you're all right, like you're going down a dark path. What's happening? And he's like, what are you guys talking about? It was an accident. They're like, well, we're just saying you're wearing a Punisher shirt right now with like a skull on it. We just assumed you were you were cutting loose. And he's like, I'm blind. I don't know what's on this shirt. I literally just needed a shirt. <laughs> and I just love that. I'm just like, that's so funny. It's just like, why are you wearing a Punisher shirt? I am? What? Why didn't anyone tell me? <laughs> That's fucked up, but funny all at the same time. <laughs> How about you, Jonathan? How's your week going? Hopefully not as fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I I can honestly say uh, not not as you know. Um, uh, I still haven't finished Dahmer yet. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to finish that. See, um, I'm scared to watch tonight it. after my I'm, show. I'm terif- the poster terrifies me alone. I don't even want to it's watch pre- the rest. It's of pretty it. dramatic, yeah. But the thing is, I always watch TV when I eat, and this is not the best show to <laughs> do that say, with. That's not the good show like, to do that. That's, that's a terrible uh, idea. That's courageous of you to attempt that. <laughs> <laughs> so I would advise maybe maybe eat and then watch the show would be my uh, or or vice versa watch the show then no I think maybe eat and watch the show because it's easier to stomach than eat after you've just watched that so yeah um, <laughs> uh, also uh, I got to go to Access Hollywood this week 
I talked to Mario Lopez for a second. So that was fun. That was a highlight. Um, nice. And that's been about it. Anyone watch the Mario trailer? <laughs> I don't want to. I saw that that Nintendo posted like this 40 minute like Super Mario movie something. Like I have no idea what it was. I it might have been a featurette. Had... They've only released like a teaser trailer, so it's not like you get a lot. But it it looks all right. It looks okay. It's a it's well animated. It looks cute. I will give it that. Isn't Chris the... Pratt playing? Mar- Wait, who's playing Mario? Chris yeah, Chris Pratt's playing Pratt. Mario. He does not. Even, I will give him this. That's the only thing because uh, when they cast him, I was just like, so he. So I'm assuming we're not doing the voice, the accent, because and he doesn't. And I'm just like. Then why the hell did you hire so him? He's, Everybody he's knows why you're supposed Pratt, to be Italian. He? Basically, I was just like, isn't man, he this just is... doing? Isn't he just doing his Chris Pratt normal voice? Some trash. They need to. They should have had him do the Italian. They are not him. They should have <laughs> hired somebody to do the Italian accent. Heck, the Mario right. voice actor is available. He's alive and very well. He could have just done it. They're trying to attach star power to this film, mm-hmm. but they got one of the worst stars to do and, it. And he's going to be mean, Garfield too. Worst. I just. And he's not. There has nothing but criticism to him. Be nobody. I have not seen one single person be like, "Oh my God, Chris Pratt is going to be Mario." Not a single See, soul. But that's not have because I come he's across a bad that. celebrity. It's because he's oversaturated. The man's been in uh, tons of projects exactly. that he don't need to so be in. So they grabbed the and, wrong star for this. And he's going to be Garfield too. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's why everywhere. Is he, why is he now the voice of all our childhood characters? Like what? <laughs> Who's he gonna be next? It's him and Ryan Reynolds. Those are the two. <laughs> yeah, but Ryan Reynolds works with like he seems to work well with it. Mm-hmm. Like when he was Pikachu, even though he didn't change his voice, it was like I can Ryan see Ryan Reynolds is another Pikachu. person who's Ryan Reynolds in every single movie. Like yeah. and Chris Pratt, maybe he's not Chris Pratt Actually, in every single no, movie, but voice acting, voice acting Chris Pratt is Chris Pratt in every single role he voice acts. Ryan Reynolds is actually now Deadpool and everything he's in now, so now it's changed. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Because <laughs> he knows that's the character that that you know makes the. That's the people the character people really want to see. So you know, he's yeah. just like, I'll just be Deadpool yeah, all the time, twenty four seven. It like <laughs> works. Chris Pratt is being at least he's doing a character. Chris Pratt is still not doing a character. He is just himself, and uh, right now he's not very likable. Which which I listen to. Uh, uh, there's an interview, I think, with uh, Vanity Fair. Mila Kunis goes through all of her um, her career. And oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, and um, she it just got released a couple days ago. And she uh, talks about Family Guy. And she's like, you know, a lot of people ask me what what Meg's voice is. Like, do the Meg voice. And she's like, this is this is it. I'm sorry. Yeah, just I'm, her I, voice. I'm not, that's, <laughs> I, this, is, this is the yeah. voice. Like, she's like, sometimes I pitch it up a little bit because I'm getting older, but... This is it. This is the voice. This is what you're gonna get. She's and I jokes. wish Chris Pratt. I wish Chris Pratt would lean more into that. Like, yeah, this is this this is just the character I mean, you're, you're getting. He's great as Emmett in Lego Movie, and he does like and but that's because he he does like do a higher version of his voice. Like he definitely gets into it a lot more. He changes also the affliction <clears throat> of it too. Like he's mm. super super positive, and he keeps that going throughout the whole film. Yeah, and like. He doesn't do that with these other characters. And it's just like, well, you're not changing their each just your voice. I'll tell you who is doing a great job, though. Jack Black. His Bowser voice is awesome. 
and it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound just like Jack Black doing a voice. Like he is trying to be like a like fire breathing dragon, and he's great as Bowser. So if any, if I if Chris Pratt isn't gonna keep me happy and satisfied, at least Jack Black's got my back. Which he's like an expert voice actor. He's done tons of cartoons and stuff like that. So he's he knows how to do it. But he's great as Bowser. And I'm sure his kids love that he gets to play Bowser. Um, but thinking of stars, yes, let's talk none about of, this movie. <laughs> none of the people who we have talked about so far in this podcast are in this movie. Are you sure? But- are you sure they're not? Because literally every 10 seconds, a new celebrity just pops up in this movie. <laughs> The sequel, maybe the sequel. (laughs) Uh, So the movie that we're going to talk about and review today, the movie that we haven't reviewed yet, I still remember our discussion from last week. (laughs) I just about to spit out my water because I didn't think you said that. Lord. <laughs> the movie that we're yet I am to one day going to punch you when you do that. It's just going to be one sentence. I either say a word wrong or you correct how I use the past present tense term. And it's just going to be one day, Jerome. I'm going to snap and I apologize now. It's just how it's going to be. <laughs> All right, continue, John. The movie that we're yet to review is Amsterdam. Uh, released this past weekend. Uh, the Amsterdam is about um, uh, takes place in the 1930s. Three friends witness a murder, are framed for it, and uncover one of the most outrageous plots in American history. Stars an ensemble cast including Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, John David Washington, Chris Rock, Anya Taylor Joy, Zoe Saldana or Zoe Saldana, I think she she goes by now. Mike Myers, Michael Shannon, Timothy Oliphant. Taylor Swift, Rami Malek, Robert De Niro, and many, 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 many other people. Basically, if this is your first time listening to one of our reviews, what we first do is go through our general thoughts. Did we like the movie? Did we not like it? Were we in between? And then we'll warn you and go into our spoiler section where we'll deep dive into the movie. Uh, Now, does anybody have any pressing thoughts on Amsterdam? Who wants to go first? Jerome, you look very pensive. I'll go to. Oh, you I'm just first. looking at this cast, especially looking at John David Washington's IMDb picture, where it looks like he's trying to do his Kanye impression uh, <laughs> as hard as possible. <laughs> it's the beard. It's the beard. Which I will say, that was also a weird thing. Seeing him in this movie, clean shaven, I was like, "Who is this man? This is not John David Washington." Because <laughs> he, he looks looked weird. a lot younger in the clean shaven, mm-hmm. like flashbacks. But um, yeah, this movie—I don't know. I'm still trying to process it. I saw my girlfriend the other day, and or yesterday, and because it came out yesterday, at the time of this recording, and it's a weird movie because it's like on one hand, I don't think the performances were bad, or that the plot was like awful. It just—it I think it got wrapped up in itself of like trying to be. This or like, or you know what I thought of the whole time watching this movie? I was like, this feels like what it would be like if a if someone tried to direct a Coen Brothers movie, but they're not the Coen Brothers because the way like they do the the, the um narration in this movie, how it just bounces from people to people. There's like most of the time the narration is needed because scenes don't 
explain themselves. You need other people to tell you what's happening. And it's like, this movie is really bad with the tell, don't, like, with the telling you what's happening instead of showing you what's happening. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just this movie is so weirdly structured. And I think it's the pacing is off. And because the pacing's off, it's hard to catch your footing in this movie because it feels like, like, just when you think you figured it out, something happens or it'll just, like, swap over, especially with that flashback. It where it lands in this movie, it's just this one. It feels like this weird moment where they were just all of a sudden like, "Oh right, yeah, we gotta explain backstory." Yeah, and they just threw you into into this backstory. You're like, "Holy shit, where are we now?" And uh, I, I like, but at the same time, after like thinking about it, I was like, "I don't know where you put that flashback." If you because if you put it in the beginning, it feels so weird how it flows because the story kind of just doesn't flow right it's just it just has a lot of pacing issues for me um me personally that being said i do think the performances are pretty solid um however i don't think the ensemble cast was needed this is reminding me a lot of uh invincible syndrome this idea of just like <laughs> let's get as many celebrities as we can to pump up the marketing of this movie and it's like okay but do we need them to be there why is zoe saldana in this movie she's barely in it she doesn't do it when she is there not that she did a bad job but nothing she does makes her stand out that any other actress couldn't have done and it feels weird that there is this ensemble because it fe- and I I only harp on it because it feels like they're trying to use the ensemble to distract from the fact that the movie just doesn't flow well. Because you're just like because if you love Zoe Saldana you'll just be happy to see her. But it's, I, I don't know. It's just this movie is I wasn't really into it like after I I left the theater I liked it when I was watching it and after immediately after seeing it I was like no it's pretty okay. The longer I keep thinking about it, the more I keep finding things where I'm like, I don't know if that works. I don't know if this works. Like, I don't know if I'm liking this as much as I did when I first saw it. Um, But the one positive I will give it that I think it does really well is the history. I think it's cool that uh, I love I'm loving we're getting more content that takes place in this weird nebulous time period just after World War One. And just before, like all the stuff that's about to start with World War II is happening, because I think that's a time in history that not a lot of people talk about. But it is a weird time because there was a time where there was like Nazi sympathizers in America, and nobody cared. They were just like, "Oh, cool, okay, whatever." It's like this political party over in Europe that everybody's into. No, and it's just weird to think about in hindsight now. How many years removed were you? Like, little did you know. <laughs> so. Those are my thoughts. Alex. <clears throat> oh, Alex. <laughs> You're <okay>? Sorry. My <laughs> that felt personal a little bit. <laughs> my demon came out. Sorry. My Get you some water. Been a little, yeah. Get some water. <laughs> I know. I need some... uh... Alex, how, how did you enjoy this movie? <laughs> Tell us what you I thought about like the film. I did not like that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I did not like that for either of you. Um, this movie was stupid. <laughs> it was such a waste of time. <laughs> and the weird amount of stars in this film for no reason was made it stupider. Because it was like, why are you here? <laughs> 
And I'm mostly disappointed in Mark uh Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. Yeah. Margot Robbie. Because she has had such a fantastic few films. Like she's been her career has been building. Then she went and did this. I mean Why? This reminds me a lot of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as far as performances from Margot Robbie, where it's like it feels like you're just Yeah, here. but Once Upon a Time in Hollywood it was good. No, it wasn't. It was decent enough. This is not. <laughs> this is not. Dang, we should have reviewed Once, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm just saying, Once Upon a Time it in was Hollywood is enough. just a like, hey, remember the 1970s? It's like, no, because I wasn't there. <laughs> that sounds like it's just apply to you. Like it applies solely to you. No, there's more to it than that. Yeah. But that's what as much as I'm going to share right now, because we're not reviewing this that movie. <laughs> was disappointing. And I'm disappointed in Margot Robbie for doing this film. Uh, but it, 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 a lot of the stuff was just unneeded and Christian Bale kept reminding me of, uh, what, oh, what's, hold on, what's his, what the actor's name is? I just had it up to, to make sure I get, uh, Adrian Brody. Oh. They are looking yeah. so similar that a couple times I kept thinking, I'm like, oh, it's Adrian Brody. And I'm like, I would not be surprised if he suddenly popped up too. <laughs> This and then I was like, oh no, that's movie he would pop right? up in. <laughs> it has a weird like Wes Anderson vibe in there too. I was picking where that I too. don't fucking know what's going on. I don't know what's going on entirely. That's where that Wes Anderson like it's a little bit quirky when really you're just you're just weird. Also, there's also a weird amount of incestuous feeling in Wes Anderson films, and he really needs to like go to therapy. I think that it's only a, in one a, movie, in Royal Tannenbaums. No, a, no there, it's in a couple of other films. Anyway, this, I <laughs> I didn't, it, yeah, it, trust me, it's in a couple of other films. This movie, I just, it wasn't very good. It didn't have a very strong plot. I'm not sure what it was. I, I kind of get what it was trying to go for, that, like, noir style, and but, you know, in color, and then... Yeah, very neo-noir type style. Yeah, but... Other than that, um, I, yeah, I didn't enjoy it at all. Um, I did like Mike Myers. I was surprised to see him, and his acting was still very good quality. For how many? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because he hasn't, he hasn't been it, on the scene in a some while. Some of it was good, and some of it I was just like, "So we're just doing a character for huh? for this <laughs> film. For this film, his acting was good. Granted, he was supposed to be a comedic character. I feel like so that actually well, he's always a comedian character. Yeah, he's always a comedian <clears> character. <throat> I will say, Mike Myers, I haven't seen him in a while. That's, so that one, I was more genuinely surprised. And was, like, hey. And he was Paul Canterbury. What was the last thing he was in before this? I feel like he last was thing in, I remember was in Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes. He was actually in this it, like, new in. film or show on Netflix. Um, yeah. Um, with, um, not Michael Peel. Who's, who's. Oh. Who was uh, his uh, writing partner? Keegan Michael, uh, Keegan Michael Key. Keegan Michael Key. Yeah, he's with him in this like weird film or show. I'm not even sure. Right. Netflix was doing like this weird thing for a minute with all these sci-fi yeah, the shows. Yeah, the Pentaveret. I didn't watch that. Yeah, but I watched like the first half an hour, and I was utterly and completely lost with that film too. <laughs> <laughs> but Mike Myers, I will give him credit for this film. Uh. And I, I will say, uh, John David Washington, he was he was very good in this film. He did hold his own, and with what he was given, I think he did actually do uh, very well in his his uh, acting choices. But 
yeah, this is not a movie I want to go back to ever. <laughs> what about you, Jonathan? So, last week, we took a dip with Hocus Pocus. But this week, we're back, Whatever. baby. Because... I enjoyed Hocus Pocus. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say, what, what, what you got to get Hocus Pocus to? What you want to do? Wait, no, no. You my, got a problem with Hocus Pocus. But you like in Amsterdam. Now I'm questioning Don't worry, what you're Alex, doing. Amsterdam, I, so, I'm sure it's going to be another Malcolm and Marie for him. No, listen. I haven't told you my grade yet. I gave Malcolm and Marie an A+. And then and slowly put it downward. I have not told you my grade for this movie yet. But right, I, had right, a, I, I had a fun time with this movie. What had drawn me to it was the ensemble cast. And I'm assuming that's probably the reason why they decided to go with an ensemble cast for, you know, the marketing pull and to attract audiences. I don't think it's working because apparently this movie is bombing right now, but. <laughs> I mean, I barely knew it was coming out. I for, I honestly forgot until I checked our calendar and I was like, oh yeah, Amsterdam's coming. Mm-hmm. But um, I had a fun time with this movie. The main thing that I take away from this film is the style, the visuals, the production design was so amazing to me. Um, I really liked, especially in like the first half of the movie, how well everyone was lit. Just like, and we, and you guys have mentioned like different directors like Wes Anderson, it gave me kind of that feel with the style. Um, but I really liked, you know, everyone just looked very beautiful in this movie like like everyone looked even though like you had people with wounds and stuff from the war like everyone looked very attractive on screen um like when you i will say that i will give you that the costume design also was beautiful it was very well done and, I and did makeup like, like those yeah. scars look great they looked pretty yeah. awesome yeah, I, yeah okay so i will give you that i noticed when they would introduce somebody that it would usually be in a close-up and that was like and 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 they would be of course in like amazing lighting and, and everything um the setting i thought the setting was great um also uh shout out to timothy oliphant because i did not realize that that was him until the credits rolled and it said timothy oliphant like i think he did a great job in his As- role who? He was the bad guy. Taron Melfax? Yeah, huh. the guy who pushed... Oh! We won't... Yeah, we won't yeah we, I didn't recognize him either. Wait, wait, hold it, Jonathan. Like, yeah, we, <laughs> we, we'll get into it in spoilers. But, um, yeah, I thought it was fun. I can... So, I can definitely see your guys' points um, with... In, in terms of, like, the overall story. Um... But I don't know. I had a I had a fun time with it. I just it, it just it was just one of those movies that like I like I felt like I gravitated towards. Maybe I'm a sucker for the ensemble cast, and I'm like, okay, I know these people, so I gotta rock with them. But <laughs> I, I I had a fun time with it, and and I feel like uh, the visuals play a major part of that the production design was on point for me i was like at one point you could frank you could take a photo like a screenshot of many of the different scenes in the movie and you could like hang them up and it would be artwork so 
yeah, that was that that's that's kind of what was going into my uh, thoughts during during watching the movie. <laughs> well, I still say it does go back to the noir feel of it because noir films had that like close up like glam shot where it it does give them like this view of like how why they would be important and like the beauniness of them and it or it um I don't want to say exaggerate, but it amplifies the the beauty beautiness of their character. Beautiness is not a word. The beauty. Yeah. The beauty of their character, yes. Um and I did appreciate I did like that and appreciate that they did the noir feel so well in this film. Because a lot I have watched movies where they attempted it and it doesn't look right. Especially with like color film. Because one of the cool things with black and white noir is that the lighting is able to give you such, you know, dimension and uh, focus on certain features and that's really well done in black and white i feel like they use they have to play off the shadowing a lot with color films you get focus on like is you know the orange too vibrant is that gonna pale out the person in the shot or you know all this other stuff but this did it well Mm -hmm. this allowed total focal on the face and the makeup again was so well done and just focused on the proper features to make that noir film feel like real in this film. So I will give them credit to that too. Also, the audience I was in, I feel like this is going to be a recurring. Theme I swear to God, movie. I, I, they why? did, why they clapped, they, keep they clapped at the end of the because of T Swizzle. Yeah, T Swizzle's around. They're just gonna, they're going to clap regardless because uh, the world loves okay, her again. So- well, speaking of T-Swizzle, should we get into spoilers? I do love T-Swizzle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's our spoiler section. So uh, if this is where you're going to hop off, go ahead and watch the movie and then come back to hear all our thoughts uh, on the film. You can follow us at The First Ones to Die um, on all our platforms. And we will catch you guys later. Give us five stars on your platform, on your podcast platform. Uh, and yeah. So... Yeah, when T Sweezy showed up, I was just like, first of all, why are you here? Secondly, what? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Did you know she was going to be in the movie? Before? No, because I no. honestly forgot the cast list. So literally, every single person who showed up, I kept. I don't know if if my if if my girlfriend could like uh, hear me, but I was just like, what? <laughs> just every time because I didn't. I forgot who was in this cast. Past John David Washington, Christian it would Bale, usually Margo be Robbie. And so, like sometimes they would reveal somebody like, oh hey, hello. and like, because <laughs> hey, yeah. like Robert, uh, especially Robert De Niro, when they're just like, yeah, like oh Bill, so and so, I was like, uh, Bill uh, Bill Dillenbeck or whatever. I was like, okay, who is he? Gil who? Gil Gillenbeck. Uh, Gil Gil Dillenbeck. Gil, Dil- Gil Dillenbeck. There we go. Uh, when she's which when- Dylan Beck could be a name. Like yeah. Dylan Beck, anyway. But when she, when and she, that sounds more like Dill and Beck, like oh, people. that's true. Yeah, we're yeah Dil- For, sorry. Who the hell is <laughs> named Dill outside of the cartoon character? Because I know y'all gonna mention Rugrats. The, he don't Rugrats. Yeah, I was like, yeah, <laughs> he counts. He counts. He's not a real person. I feel like Dill could be a nickname for Dylan. Probably that's true. That's true. Uh, but it's just like uh, like, anyway. like Taylor Swift was the one. Also, I will give her this. She has the most shocking moment in the damn movie because I was not expecting her to get ran over like that. I was like, "Damn, you gonna do her like that?" She, that's I was like, <laughs> <laughs> just 
They really did. They just like, they're like, all right, we're going to take her out of the film. How? It take sh- her out. It all right, me. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift fans. Taylor Swift fans. She's going to be in this movie. She's going to sh- be in this awesome movie. Come on to the theater. Come they support. She gets run that. over 15 minutes into the movie. They should not have done that, though, because now the T- Taylor Swift haters have a clip to use for all their memes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's like, oh, Taylor Swift put out another album. Get your ass in the Because <laughs> they like really show it too. It's yeah, not like they like, not like, not like they're like, oh, you like see her screen. fall and then you hear the train. No, like they're. I I'm impressed by the impact style they went with. They're yeah, the like, CG we was want you solid. to know. You you swore they want you to I was know. Like, I, got, I was like, I gotta make sure Taylor Swift's okay. Like. <laughs> It's like a Blair Witch moment. Is she actually still alive? When's the last time somebody saw her Instagram? It's okay. Those are stunt tires. They are right. They just rolled over her body a little bit. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We're worried about the tires. They didn't crush her bones or nothing. (laughs) (laughs) But it was, I mean, I I remember because literally the whole theater was shook when that happened. They're like, oh, my God. Because of how violent it was. Oh, even I went like, even when I went like, oh. Because I was shocked by, like, just the sight of it. One, just the sight of it. And two, I'm like, oh, wow, I guess Taylor Swift really is not going to be in the- Okay. Which, so they're just taking the out. The violence in this movie one. is like shot. Because there's also that moment where Margot Robbie, I mean, it's a hallucination, but when she shoots Rami Malek and that Robbie was a, that was, a, face, that was another one like, when I jumped. What the hell is going um, on? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They did not, which is weird that they didn't hold back from the graphic or the gore from this film. But it was never uh, like out of place. They used the gore where the scene was. They never just like all of a sudden there's like a bloody moment out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So they did use the gore appropriately. I was still not prepared for the gore from this film. It was like, oh, y'all, you're really showing stuff. Okay. Well, luckily Taylor Swift didn't turn into like, because it wasn't a Quentin Tarantino film. So she didn't turn into a burst of tomato sauce the second she got <laughs> ran over. She, she, <laughs> no, she got ran over. She, she just got ran over. It was just her crumpled up body was still underneath the car. But at least like it didn't just get, they didn't get sprayed and hosed down with as much red Kool-Aid as they could find. <laughs> you know who I was surprised to see in this film? Chris Rock. Yeah, well, he I, was in the trailer I, too. I forgot he was in the was, trailer. See, I didn't see. I didn't watch any of the trailers. I pulled a Jonathan. I didn't watch, <laughs> even though we were gonna like reveal. I'm like, you know, I don't. I didn't look at this. I, I was forced I watched to the watch the trailer. I watched the trailer a long time ago, so I remember. But I remember that scene because that scene is the first scene in the trailer is them talking over the body. And Chris Rock shows up. And, I was forced to watch the trailer when I watched. Um, wait, what was the? What did we talk about two weeks ago? Uh, I don't remember, man. <laughs> we watched so many. Oh, movies. Woman King! Woman King! Oh, Woman King! They had the trailer. The Wait, Woman King. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry. I promise I will not do the African accent when we review Black Panther because out of respect for Chadwick Boseman. <laughs> I don't believe your lies. <laughs> um. But uh, yeah, Chris Rock actually did a pretty decent. I mean, he's not in the movie much. He did. But when he's there, he has presence. He uh, he's gotten a lot better. Because I remember when he first started acting, he was like not really good. He was good at being himself, but he wasn't good at like really emoting and being just a character. I think now he's like, especially after Fargo, like he's gotten a lot better. 
He does play sort of a uh, comedic um, relief character as well. Some of his, some of his, some of his uh, stuff is comedic, but it's also like the role of like, damn the white man. <laughs> that's yeah. that's kind of his role <laughs> was, as well. Too. That was funny when he's just like, it was like a white woman, <laughs> like it's now in here. We all fit to die. You know that, right? <laughs> I respected him at that moment. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know he was gonna be. I didn't know anybody was gonna be in this film because uh, it's not that I actively avoided it or avoided it. I just really did not see any trailers for this movie, so I was a little like, "Oh, I came in there fresh." So all these actors were like, "Oh, that's another surprise." I mean, I won't give credit. They were all. They all did their job pretty solid. Mm-hmm. None of them like hammed it up yeah, a lot I'd or say, anything like that. They were. They were all very professional in this film you're just kind of hard because this film was ridiculous it's just because that's what i mean by like i'm like i don't think i don't think it's a bad i don't think anyone did a bad job so i'm not gonna say that i just don't feel like it needed to be as star-studded as it did given the script if you put as much time and effort in the script as you had in in trying to find these people and cast them i feel like we would have an a-plus movie on our hands because i i will tell you who the person who i think though did the best at least she made me laugh the most was Anya Taylor-Joy. I have never seen Anya Taylor-Joy do a role like this and she killed it. She was great in this movie. That's what I was thinking as well. Like she usually plays the hero, but in this she was just like the snarky mean girl. <laughs> and it was it was fun to watch. Well, she's done that she? kind of before cuz she did it in New Mutants as um Magic. But in that that script didn't really give her a lot to chew on. I feel like this one gave her a lot more to work with as an actress. And she just like owned it. She did a great job. Her scenes with Robert De Niro are my favorite. <laughs> like, she just, yeah. She's going to be in the new uh, um, Super Mario movie. She's Princess Peach. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah, she is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that movie is going to be another star studded thing that's just going to be probably. But I I do uh, respect, just to talk about the plot a little bit, I do respect this movie's message, though. And I think it comes out, I think it it doesn't come out necessarily at, like, the most perfect time. I don't think, like, it's, uh, it's, like, coming out during the time of, like, something crazy is happening or whatever. But I do think it is cool that it came out during this time. I think it, I think the message in it is timeless. And I think it's great. To, uh, that we have a movie that is, and I'm sure that the messaging in it and the script, I think, is probably what got a lot of these people to be in this movie, because you got a lot of people of color in this movie. You got a lot of representation in this movie, and like not just in like the you know the casting, but also in the script of what the story is about. The idea that it's like you know we don't get a lot of stories that talk about interracial relationships, especially not during that time period where this is way before the civil rights movement, just after World War One, Like it was still, you know, you still had black soldiers coming back to an America that hated them, which is why in World War II, uh, it was reported that like you had certain um, countries, I think especially, especially J- Japan was spreading out pamphlets to black soldiers in, from America. Like, why are you fighting us? You're fighting for a country that hates you. Like, if anything, you should leave. We have no beef with you. But it's like, and it's, but it's, and it was true. It's like, like, it's true. Why are we here? 
like and so it's cool that this movie really touches on that it touches on kind of the the weird because there are a lot of black soldiers that did stay in europe after world war one because they're like here i'm just a person they don't look at me and see a nigger or see like a or just see a black man in general they just see a regular guy and that's cool that i i think the movie could have done better <laughs> at touching on it but i do respect the movie for trying to like touch on it because a lot of movies don't as of late we yeah. haven't gotten a lot of films that have talked about uh that time period the impact it had on people of color at that time especially people who are in interracial relationships because there were some <laughs> so and it goes to show the relationship between you know black or people of color who were fighting after they had fought and the medical field because they weren't able to get the care that they needed or deserved after fighting in the war um when they had fought for the country um and that's I, I feel like that's a message that definitely resonates today because there um are a lot of people who come back from war and they're either either mentally or physically like hurt and they don't get that care that they need i feel like nowadays more so like mentally like there's a lot of ptsd that goes uh that that people carry with them after they go to war or something similar and um i think now i think nowadays we're starting to you know recognize and prioritize uh mental health especially for people who fought a lot more but uh, it's still a process i think Mm -hmm. I agree with that. And as somebody who's had to deal with the VA before, um, I, I, one of my proudest moments is saying I annoyed the VA into giving me medical records to help somebody who, you know, fought in wars for us and everything like that. And I still hold, st I still hold that strongly that I annoyed the VA. Uh, but yeah, you can see it, it's, it's, I will, yeah, I will agree that a lot of the messages in this film do mimic that of today. And I will agree that it, this was set in a weird time period. More movies are talking about the time periods after World War One, and also bringing more to light America's involvement in World War One. We all like to think we're the heroes, or you know all that, but we were heavily involved in the creation of World War Two as well. Mm -hmm. You know, and this this talking more in this time period is a good way to help kind of see that because people are influenced by films so much just like with the Duff Jeffrey Dahmer series so many people did not know who he was that disturbs me that they did it and they're like oh my god now I'm hearing him referenced all throughout music and tv and stuff it's like he is one of the most notorious serial killers in America and the fact that you didn't know it is is disturbing to me as well um so yeah and you're right. All the actors did do well with the script they were given. I never felt like any of the actors were behaving. Kind of going back to Don't Worry Darling, where you got you could see that the conflict bled onto the screen. None of that happened with this film. All the actors were very professional. They did their characters very well. They presented them very well. They did... There was chemistry. There oh, was yeah. chemistry. Especially between Margot Robbie and John David Washington, there they felt like they could be a real couple, and I did like that interracial couple that that was presented for that time period. I you know it was a. I think the actors were not to blame for this film at all. <laughs> it was solely 
what they were trying to do with this film and the flow that they were trying to have because it kept getting choppy at times yeah well even just with plot point elements because you're looking at like his wife the whole wife thing was choppy in and of itself because like by the time we hit the end of the movie we're supposed to feel triumphant that he finally is like yeah you know what i'm leaving you and i'm like okay but we haven't gotten many scenes with this woman and the ones we have like it feels like a very surface level like she's the bad bad she's a bad wife and that's it we don't get much like and i get i'm sure the movie in the movie's defense is trying to be like she's a rich spoiled brat who cares about status more than she does her husband that's the point but i'm just like i don't know that just feels very i mean it's not like we haven't seen that in so many other movies done way better than uh, like and it's it's weird it feels very like uh half baked to the way they did it in this movie compared to other movies that have done the like you know high status significant other who cares more heck uh smile did that better than, than... i haven't watched that yet careful i'm just saying like that that one has a, a significant other who's uh there's you're not sure if it's because they're a bad person or if it's because uh they they're just on a different wavelength like if you look at it from their perspective and that movie adds some nuance to that relationship not too much because it's a horror movie and we got to focus on this one main character but enough that you actually start asking some questions here there are no questions to ask because you like it only gives you very little of their relationship past that and the little bit it could give you it tells you because he has a whole scene where he's like did i ever tell you how me and my wife met i'm like this is a cool story and Christian Bale is doing a great job selling it. But you know what would be better is if we saw it, <laughs> even in visuals, like even without dialogue, just if we saw his reaction the first time he saw this woman. Like, yeah, it would play into more of like the sourness he suddenly was feeling or the sourness he was presenting towards his marriage, at least. Wasn't like he presented it towards his wife. It was more like to the actual marriage. Because he never, in his words, he never, like, demonized her or be like, oh, yeah, she's awful, she's abusive, or she's even spoiled brat. It was more the marriage and the social structure of that marriage that was within that time frame. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, okay, you guys met, that was sweet and cute. And then, like, it turned into, like, this more of a appearance than anything. Mm -hmm. Um. I yeah, like the flashback scene also was a little weird when they go back to how the three of them met. Because it speeds through their whole relationship. Like you see them like dance and stuff, but it doesn't, you know, there's never a scene where you really get to see them just talk as friends. No stakes, no violence. It's just, hey, we're just hanging out. So you get to kind of feel the friendship. It just feels like it's three people. For I, me personally. Almost, I I just didn't. I, didn't I almost it. wish it would have gone in order rather than doing a flashback. Yeah, like I think that would have been better. start at how the friendship was formed. Which for a second, <clears throat> did anybody else think that it was seeming like a, a throuple situation at, at, for a while? <laughs> yeah, I was a little bit. Yeah, that. I was just like, I'm sorry. Are y'all like hooking up? I mean, I know John David Washington is definitely hooking up with uh, like uh, or. Uh, I forget his, like, I'm going to go, but what is his character name? Dang it. Harold. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I know Harold's hooking up with Valerie, but is he hooking up with Bert too? Has him and Bert got something going on? <laughs> is is Valerie mm -hmm. with Bert now? Oh no, is Alex Wait frozen? 
Alex is frozen and the recording's ended. I disappear. Okay. I left some money for are, okay. we still on the, are we still on the throuple thing? Yes. Are we still on the throuple yeah, thing? Okay. Yes. All right. Yes, I, I agree. I was surprised that Alex, you didn't react to that, but you were frozen. <laughs> but, I was Not as for I did. I was reacting, and then I realized I, I'm frozen. You'll hear it in the audio when you're editing. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah. I, I did think that. I did think that <laughs> for a second, anyway. <laughs> the relationship's also a good show of like how a traumatic situation can bond three unique individuals yeah as well because they were she was taking care of these two men who had been so gravely injured especially christian bale's character like the man was like shot in the eye by the eye in the eye in the eye right or wait or he got shrapnel no because he's he got he got something going on with his eye but he still had his eye Right? Which no, he also lost pros- his eye. So he had a glass eye he, to replace his eye. He had a oh, glass he got- eye, but it was very like realistic looking. It was like yeah, the best glass eye. Yeah, he got eye. shrapnel in his face and back. And Which props to Christian Bale because I think he was doing all those eye movements himself. Like when he, and that that was very impressive to me. I mean, the man's a dedicated actor, right? He, the man will get fat for a role. He, he's like mm-hmm. or like, skinny. Hey Christian, we can we got a fat suit for you right here. Fat suit, fat suit. <laughs> like give me some cake immediately. <laughs> like and plenty of plenty of Crisco. Put it and give me some fried I know, cake chicken. Sounds good, right now. <laughs> I know, right? I was like, I want my cake. I don't know. <laughs> I like, yeah, no, I, yeah. Christian Bale is a very Christian good Bale quote. Get me some cake. <laughs> <laughs> but he still looks so much like Adrian Brody to me during this entire film. That's just because you're thinking with, like of, the beard and the white feet. Were you thinking of the pianist the entire time? I've never, I haven't seen that film. Oh, you haven't seen, oh, so good. It's one of Adrian Brody's best movies. But it also, it takes place in World War II though, not World War One. But that is the closest, I like when you said uh, Adrian Brody, that's the first movie I thought of. Because I was like, he, they have a similar look. Except Adrian Brody's clean shaven in that movie. I might have seen like... Oh, well, no, then like it was the beard. And I think that was just covering up most. It made his face almost look more. Beards tend to also make people's face look fuller with Christian Bale. It made his face look more narrow for some reason. Yeah. And then when he shaved it off to make him look gaunt, like a a lot older. Yeah. And I think that's just what mimicked Adrian Brody is just Adrian Brody does have a long face and very sharp angles. And so does Christian Bale. But, um, But yeah, this like like what we were saying with the lessons. This is also a good scene or a good film to show how three individuals can bond over a traumatic experience, you know, something like war and something like healing in hospital care and taking care of these two individuals the way Margot Robbie's character did. And again, it fell flat because they did it in a weird ass way with this short flashback when that could have been such a good like first act. Yeah. Um, you know what this movie needed to do? It needed to split into chapters. I think that would have helped focus up the story a little bit. And like that's from, where it from, gets from Wes years? Anderson. And that's I mean, it would have been Anderson-y. very Wes Anderson, but I mean, at that point, they're already mimicking Coen Brothers and Wes Anderson movies already with this film. So you might as well go the full mile and just make the movie have chapters because just... at least then I know where I'm at. <laughs> I need to give it time. Because literally, just like, just there's just like that. I'll tell you the perfect scene where I was like, what is going on in this movie? And I checked out for a few minutes is when 
uh, we have that whole. Hey, that's my job. We have that whole scene with Christian Bale where he's like, "Where's Harold? Harold's supposed to be here." Then the detectives come and they don't do anything. And then he has a whole scene with Zoe Saldana. And then his wife, for some reason, shows up out of nowhere, smacks him in the face. Then they have a scene. Then we go and find. Then we go uh, after that. Then he goes to talk to the detectives again. Then he passes out. Then he wakes up and he goes to see Harold. And we find out that Harold and Valerie have had a whole other adventure that we have not seen. <laughs> <laughs> While we've been wasting time on these scenes that realistically don't matter in the grand scheme of the of the scope of the story, and then when the, but then then it's like okay now we're gonna get a backstory because Harold's like yeah we had this whole thing me and Valerie trust me I know I was late but don't worry we had a whole thing going on and I'm like okay cool we're gonna get the story and then they're like but later and then they go to a whole other location. <laughs> to the hotel to meet Mike Myers and Michael Shannon before they tell us the story. And I was like, what is going on in this movie? Why are you rearranging it this way? <laughs> this is weird. And it doesn't make Did sense. Anybody, anybody else kind of laugh at the slap? Because <laughs> when she, like, it was like full force and everything. But the whole thing was just very, like, comedic style. Like... And he barely reacted. My, my, yeah. but he had a he had a red mark on his face though for the next like eight hours. Yeah, I mean, like she, she like winded. She winded up. She was like back here. Listen, she gave him one of those went slaps full body. Where you don't react immediately because you're still trying to process if it even happened that you got slapped. <laughs> yeah, you're still like. Uh, I mean, did I get slapped? Yeah. My face hurt for some reason. What the hell just happened to me? <laughs> like, it, was, it was more so at the end of the film. He's suddenly like, oh. But, <laughs> he react. but also but that's what it was she like winded up went to smack him and like he barely moves it's like that was clearly such an acting slap that's because he was still in shock he's he was still trying to process what lie to tell his wife of why he's got this beautiful woman that's in still his the, office when you have that strong <laughs> that's when you still have that strong of a wind up you're gonna move a little bit <laughs> Although it did make me laugh. Like I did think of it when she smacked him. She's like, how dare you be here with Zoe? You know what she did after Nina. Don't you <laughs> don't mean her like that. Yeah, we still haven't forgiven her for that. Lord. <laughs> I thought Zoe Saldana was was good in this. I thought she looked great. <laughs> she did look great. Um, she did look fantastic. Yeah. And also another shout out to Timothy Oliphant because... I, I did not, well, I, I had, I, I remember once I saw him in his name in the credits, I remember seeing his name uh, in the preview, but I did not realize that was him. <laughs> I, uh, and I saw all of Santa Clarita diet. Anyway. <laughs> it's just, I, I think he's going to be in a new movie with Jennifer Lopez and I actually want to see it. It's called Is it a Shotgun romantic Wedding. comedy? It's kind of, it's, a, of course it is. Shh. Shotgun wedding? I've, oh, yeah. yeah I've, I've heard of that because I'm like, J-Lo's oh, like now j just doing. Well, I mean, she she's, she's, did. In her, she's in her. Right. She, right. She did them back in the day, but now she's she took a break and now she's revamped and she's doing. Well, I'm just saying because she already did her Oscar movie for a while. She did Hustlers. I don't think she won anything. Did she? No, but she was in the conversation. Yeah. So, you know, she's like, I did that. Now I want to have some fun. I want to do some fun stuff for a little bit. And that movie looks so fun. It looks so funny. And I'm actually excited to see it. I think. Should we review it? I would review it. We'll see. I don't know how you guys are. (laughs) (laughs) Boo. But what were you saying? Someone was saying something. I was just going to say, I, I, yeah, I, I think. That's the thing. This movie has some great like moments for sure. Like the, the Margot, the, uh, when she shoots, them in the face that was funny um 
the just all of Anya Taylor Joy's scenes made me laugh. I just I loved her in this movie. Um, just the 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 whole the fact that John David Washington is apparently like a Golden Gloves champ because nobody could sneak him, and this man was out here punching people's lights out like crazy. <laughs> he just. Like he's like, you, look, you may hit Christian Bale like that. You ain't gonna hit me like that. I'm like, y'all know who my daddy is. Don't don't come at me like that. <laughs> he knew how to bob and weave, bob and weave. Um, I think the only uh, like big main cast member person we haven't talked about yet is uh, Rami Malek. Cast, cast. I'm gonna him? be honest. He didn't really stand out for me. Like the rest of them, at least it was a shock factor to see him. Rami Malek, I was like, oh, okay. I wish we had gotten more that way. Him turning out to be like one of the bad guys would have been more like shocking and or fulfilling. Rather, it was just like we had him for one scene and then, oh, I was behind some of this or I was behind all of this. They kind of made it clear who he was going to be in the film. Like mm-hmm. you were like, oh yeah, he's he's got the. They gave him the bad guy vibe in this film, so I was that's like, not too much he either plays out. either plays weirdos or bad guys. That's his roles in almost everything he plays in. He if he's a good guy, he's a weirdo. If he's a bad that's guy, he's favorite. a bad guy. Like that's that's where he plays because because he's good at playing those roles. I have to give it to. Him. I think the only normal role he's ever done. Uh. Uh, I forget the movie right now, but he's only or um. No, no, it's lost. It's gone. Because oh, um, I'm not going to give him Bohemian Rhapsody. He plays Freddie Mercury like a weirdo, too. <laughs> he was um, a Night of the Museum. He, oh, yeah, he, that's what I was that's, that's, like a, yeah. that's what it was. That was the one. Night of the Museum is the most normal thing he's ever done. <laughs> and then he played oh, a, 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 a pharaoh in that. <laughs> um... Yeah. I don't remember the Pharaoh's name. I'm trying to think of it. Sorry. Um, I get to think of mad. The guy who played um the detective, like the sidekick detective. Oh yeah. Um Alice is that Alessandro? Yeah, Alessandro Nivola. Um I thought he was hilarious. Uh when he was like when he was insulting both of them, and then after he was like, You got any of that like strong medicine, like like stuff that makes you stronger. <laughs> that, I, that was I love to see when he breaks the. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forget what it was, but when he's just, it's like, don't touch that. What is this? Oh, oh, oh. Well, I was just like, what are you doing, man? First of all, you're, you're a racist and you're, and you're clumsy. <laughs> like, uh-huh. just, just incompetent in every way, shape, and form. <laughs> You're racist. You're racist and clumsy. You can only be one or the other. <laughs> I mean, I imagine so. I don't know. Listen, you can't be like. Listen, you can't be out here trying to put up the flaming cross and it keeps falling over because you can't hold it up. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ! No. <laughs> Just be in the house. Just be like, what the hell's going on out there? I mean, I, I get I get the statement, but they out here messing up. <laughs> they can't. Just, just got the sheets on fire and everything. <laughs> Took care of itself then. <laughs> Took care of uh, itself. <laughs> Problems. You know what also kind of vibe I was getting from this film? Um, like 
the na- the naked gun. Like it kept having that like see comedy that. feel to that. I can see that. It's yeah, like it just had that weird like I almost expected Leslie Nelson to pop up for a second and be like some weird ass role too. But that's the thing. That's why I mean by like this movie feels cuz Coen brother movies and and uh Wes Anderson movies, they do have that like strange humor, humorish edge to them. And this movie feels like it it was the same way. It had this weird like it the humor worked for me. I did laugh. But it was just one of those things where I'm like given how dark this material is if you like really step back and think about it i mean we're talking about a plot in which like people are getting euthanized in a freaking like hospital by like technically proto-nazis like before they became like the full nazi party and we're talking about a whole coup to take over the entire government but we got time for yuck yucks come on and over and get you some laughs real quick <laughs> just like it's just it's weird at times isn't that kind of what um uh, Jojo Rabbit was. I didn't see it, but I didn't uh, see it either. But at least Jojo Rabbit marketed itself as that movie. This as movie, like a comedy. Yeah, this movie markets markets itself as like this like fun adventure with these dark overtones. Yeah, with these <laughs> extremely dark overtones. Again, T Swizzle got murdered <laughs> violently. Violently, and then they had a flashback to like, yeah, that time she got murdered. Then flashback real quick. Hold on, just in case you forgot. Check this out. <laughs> just watch her get ran over again. <laughs> they just want you to know they took care of her. <laughs> um, I'm reading uh, the production notes, and it says that uh, Margot Robbie and Michael B. Jordan were initially announced to star, uh, but then Michael B. Jordan dropped out because of scheduling conflicts. So that's when uh, I've only. John David I Washington. Think he, I think he read the script properly. I'm only laughing like, yeah. because everybody rumored that there. I forget what interview they did together. It was on some show, but everybody was making jokes saying that Margot Robbie was flirting with Michael B. Jordan because they haven't been in a movie together. But they were just like he was there, and and so she kept like you know doing the like quote unquote flirting because I'm like I feel like she's just being friendly. But I don't know. I mean, he's an attractive man, and he was single at the time. So oh, I would flirt with him if I got the chance. So I feel like, and so <laughs> it just makes me laugh because it makes me think maybe Margot Robbie was like, you know, what we should get, we should get Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan in here, hey, and, hey, and not for any particular like, reason, <laughs> right? Just, just throwing that out. I mean, it's just an idea. I, said, I would, I mean, I would just like to kiss it. I mean, uh, uh, star with Michael B. Jordan in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> um. And then apparently Jennifer Lawrence was reportedly considered for Robbie's role, and Jamie Foxx was considered for Michael B. Jordan's role. I could see um, him being. I could see Jamie Foxx also doing a great job as uh, Harold. Um, Jamie Foxx is wait, how old is he? I feel like he's, he's in his fifties now. There definitely is an age difference. Yeah, yeah. But, I feel like that would have been just like a little too much but older. It, I mean, I don't know. Although it would have Fox... matched. It would have matched Christmas. It Christmas. It would have. Ma- it would have matched uh, Christian Bale's, like, because they would have been a yeah. similar. Yeah, but that would have but fallen then, into the Margot Robbie. Of, yeah, then him and, and Margot Robbie. Robbie would have been. To be fair, yeah. they yeah, or it. even Jennifer Lawrence. I mean, Will Smith did it with uh, Focus. Margot Robbie. Yeah, him and Margot Robbie yeah. started that movie together, and he was, I think, I in his yeah, 50s at and, the time. And, and that movie bombed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it always gets, like, a little weird when you see, like, these male actors that are, like, in their 50s, like, with these, like, 30 or 20 year old. I think it's like that f- doesn't. It's like no, but I, you I just close the age gap a little Jamie bit. Jamie Foxx at least can clean up to be look like he's aged younger 
than he is. Um, but still, I, still I see your like point. Michael B. Jordan or 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 um, John David Washington was a better choice. Yeah. Plus, I will, I'm not like trying to go on Jamie Foxx's like acting. I think he's a very good actor. Yeah. yeah. I, I do enjoy his work. Just maybe a little too old. Just I feel like he's a little too old. Plus, he's got another movie. He's got another movie to do. He's got uh, they clone Tyrone to do, which I'm excited to see on Netflix when that comes out. Oh, I've never heard of it. Ah, it looks so good. It's like this like black exploitation film, like sci-fi film they're doing, which John Boyega, Tiana Paris, and uh, Jamie Fox. Uh, Jamie Fox plays a pimp. It looks good. Uh, It looks fun. It looks very funny. I'm excited. They dropped the trailer, I think, last month, and it looks good. He's playing Slick Charles. <clears throat> mm-hmm. <laughs> Why would they not call it Slick Rick? Because that's a rapper, and they would have to probably pay oh, licenses right. to get that name. Well, sl- then, like, Slick Charles doesn't sound as slick. Listen, when you a pimp, you could name yourself Charles. whatever you want, all right? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he um, was also in uh, the the day shift. Yeah, yeah. I, that was the yeah, that was, that was like the last thing month. I. Yeah, that was the last thing I saw him in, and I love that. That was actually a re- funny film. I enjoyed I that film way more than I thought. I was gonna watch it originally just for Snoop Dogg. I, I'm not gonna lie, I have like a weird love for Snoop Dogg. Um, but like day shift ended up being like really funny, and uh, who? What's the Dave Franco? Oh, Dave Franco. Dave Franco was actually super funny in this film. Like, he still always plays that bumbling mess (laughs) of a guy. I wasn't really into Dave Franco. I like Jamie Foxx. I thought he was good. Oh, no, Jamie Foxx was great. I just, he always plays, like, the bumbling fool, which is, you know, David Franco's character. But, like, it was actually funny this time around. So it worked. I actually it worked this time at least. It's because Dave Franco's taking all of his brother's roles because James Franco can't act no more. <laughs> and he's taking Zach Efron's roles too because because <laughs> okay. his face got <laughs> Y'all leave oh. Zach Efron alone. He is playing in a new movie as we speak. Actually, it's coming out soon. Called the greatest beer run of all time. Uh, <laughs> Sounds exciting. I heard my cheeks. I mean, it's at least much. coming out in theaters. <laughs> He's got that over Dave, <laughs> like Netflix King over there. <laughs> hey, Dave Franco was in uh, If Beale Street Could Talk. I know. I'm just talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> you leave Dave Franco alone. <laughs> I feel like he seems like a really nice guy. He does. He does seem like he's, he's a good. He's a nice he guy. One of those people who seems like him and Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, Daniel Radcliffe seems like he's like the coolest. Like, if yeah, you, you could just hang he out seems with him. Like if, right. Yeah, he seems like he would, like, tell you a story when you're trying to get an autograph. He'd be like, yeah, let's get a picture. He'd be like, okay, cool. <laughs> him and uh, Jason Momoa. I don't know what it is, but I just feel like Jason Momoa is a good dude. You just can go get a beer with Jason Momoa. And he'd just he, be cool. He seems nice, but he seems nice, but he's too intimidating for me. What? I feel what, like, just I feel like I'd be intimidated. All right. I know a lot of big no, people, and they're, like, like, the nicest people I know. <laughs> Well, that and like I don't know, it's the vibe. He is the vibe. All he wants to do is he chill, feels like go he surf was... some waves, and drink some beers. No, <laughs> yeah, but he also feels like when if he was like he would like grab somebody and just like squeeze him and like lift him up. When you also don't know that person very well, I would it's enjoy like... that. I would just be like, hell yeah, brother, bring it in. <laughs> 
Then he did that like wiggle thing. I mean, I try. You're like, okay. I try to pick him up, but I, it just wouldn't work. And I'd just be like, you know what? I'm just gonna squeeze you real tight. And so he he would feel that it would be like that slap. No, we'd be we'd be big bro and little bro the whole time, just hanging out. Um, like, what's it like knowing anyway, uh, knowing Lisa we- Bonet? <laughs> They're divorced now. I, I don't think they're divorced. I know, but it, you know what? Why are you bringing up the ex? It's like the know. worst thing you talked about. I grew up on Cosby Show. Okay, I want to know what Lisa Renee's like. I'm hey, never I know this you're woman going to. Well, well ask, 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 ask that when you talk to Lenny Kravitz, too. Damn. Just going through all, all of her his, exes. All the, Just go through all her exes. Never meet her like, in person. Just meet all her exes. They're the only ones I can get to. Right. I can't talk to Lisa. Cause that's not creepy at all. <laughs> I, I think the best person you could do that to would be Zoe Kravitz. Cause it's say, true. Hey, it's how's like, your mom? How's your mom What's your mom doing? Like? What's your mom like? <laughs> oh, now we're moving to her children. <laughs> that's weirder. And also, could you introduce me uh, to Jason Momoa? I feel like y'all are still cool. <laughs> <laughs> so about this actual movie. <laughs> So about Amsterdam, <laughs> wrapping um, up final the final thoughts. thoughts. Final thoughts. Uh, this movie for me gets a solid C minus. I don't think it's awful, and I expect to see it during award season. I'm sure because movie is getting a lot of buzz awards wise. I don't know how it's gonna do as far buzz. as box office. No, no, it's getting awards. It's been it's been doing horribly box office. Yeah, I, it's getting it's getting a uh, buzz for awards in regards to performances. I don't think it's gonna get like best script, mm-hmm. uh, best feature film, all that stuff. But I think you know definitely. I think Margot Robbie probably will be nominated for best supporting actress. I'm willing to bet Christian Bale will probably be nominated for best supporting or a best actor. Um, Wouldn't Margot Robbie be best actress? Or yeah, best best actress probably. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and then John David Washington would What's, be best supporting actor, maybe. I would like them to pick some random person from this <laughs> film to be best supporting actor. Bet Zoe like, Saldana, like, best supporting actress. <laughs> like Taylor Swift or like or like uh hold on. Even like Mike Myers, just out of nowhere. I'd love to see. He didn't get a lot of screen time. I'd love to see Taylor Swift be like, I got ran over for this movie. I should be nominated. <laughs> I died. She got Best Supporting Actress. Remember when Leonardo DiCaprio got mauled for a bear and he won an Oscar? <laughs> <laughs> Finally. Uh, yeah, I think that you probably will have a like Academy buzz because it's such a star-studded cast. Mm-hmm. It ha- it and the performances to. are solid. It's not like the performances are bad. It's just that the it's the pay- it's the direction, the direction and editing of this movie fails it. Because I think the script too isn't awful. It's just the way this movie is organized and the way it's structured doesn't work. Because it feels it feels weird. Like I can't even fully explain it. It feels like they just drag things on or they don't show you things they should show you in lieu of showing you things you don't need to see. It's got it's got a Suicide Squad vibe, where the first Suicide it feels squad? like yeah, the first Suicide Squad, where it shut up, Jerome. No, 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 I'm clarifying <laughs> because I'm like I'm like, do you mean the Suicide Squad or Suicide Squad? <laughs> I would have said the. I, say- I would have said exaggeratingly the, where it feels <laughs> like they cut, they had the film, they made it, 
And then they took it, chopped it up, and then reassembled it or something because they realized the first way it didn't feel right. So they're like, let's, but it was like too close to release date. So they're like, all right, let's rearrange some stuff where it's just like, I think you had a full film, but you cut it up and then just rearranged it and then released it, hoping for the best. 2023 coming to HBO Max, Amsterdam, <laughs> the David O. Russell cut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, It's gonna no. make more sense. I'm a <laughs> three hour wow. long film. Good. Um, also, this is Taylor Swift's first feature film since Cats. Wait, wasn't she also? Oh no, never mind. That was a really old film. <laughs> but uh, I feel like I feel like Taylor Swift should get a like. I mean, she, t- she t- she's better in this t- than so in we Cats. Can act- <laughs> Everybody was better than in Cats. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd like to see her actual acting because all of the stuff that she's been in, she's played like a supporting, supporting character. Not just a supporting character, like a supporting to a supporting character. She hasn't like That's because I don't think she wants she, to they act haven't given, really. I think she like I think she likes being why is she taking all these acting because roles. Because it's good money, Jonathan. What do you mean? The music industry is not as lucrative as it used to be. It's like Yeah, but <laughs> but you but do you but you do think if she starred in some like indie movie that got a lot of buzz and she was like the lead in it and she, that would take her career to another she level did. where she it's wasn't. called the music videos for uh the, her most recent album <laughs> no <laughs> those were good and though. actually she did direct a, a music uh it just debuted at the toronto film festival a like short film starring cd sink and uh, Dylan O'Brien for one of her songs mm-hmm. so i think she i think she likes well, doing the movie stuff it's just that she I think she just likes doing this stuff for fun. I don't think she wants to be like an actress, like be like 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 a Lady Gaga or, or a Harry Styles. She just likes being in movies, and she thinks it's fun because she likes to dress up. Well, if she did one, if she did one, she wouldn't have to commit to being an actress. She could do one and done. I think I would just like personally, I would just like to see her in one. But that'd be hard like to see her in a starring role. You know how hard it is to be like like star in a movie. Like that'd probably be really hard. I think it's kind of like a Jennifer Hudson thing going on, really, because so many people have forgotten her music career when they watch her in films and not going back to Cats, when they realize how well she can sing. They're like, oh, that's right. Jennifer Hudson has an amazing music career behind her, but we get so caught up in her films. I think Taylor Swift probably is just she doesn't want her to leave her music behind because even with Lady Gaga, it almost felt like she was slipping when she started doing more acting. Yeah, I think same thing. With she Spanish. should do the Lady Gaga thing and do a musical as like her first breakout. She did. It's called movie. Cats. <laughs> I mean, star in one. She's in the movie, and it would be in a and no, like as Jonathan, you're not gonna win. You're not gonna win. You're not gonna win. But she should write it, and she should or no, she should at least like be a part, like executive producer or something. She should like be a major part of it. Um, and it shouldn't be based, it, sh- it shouldn't be something that's already exist in existence. It should be something brand new. I mean, That's what Bruno Mars is doing. He's creating a musical film with Disney and this is gonna open up his acting door. I don't know so, if it uh, will. I think, I think it's lucrative. 
I it can. I mean, it could. That's true. Anything's possible. I just I I think you're wishing for something that Taylor Swift don't want, Jonathan. Like I think I think Taylor Swift is fine. She then would why be so in good the damn movie because she likes being in movies. Why is like a lot you of, crafted this narrative for saying, her? Well, there's a lot of celebrities who just like being in movies, but they don't want to be like mega famous or they won't don't want to take it that seriously, like. You know what I mean? There's some Do people you know just like seeing. Did you know just? What? Did you just? Did you just say that Taylor Swift does not want to be mega famous? The woman is already what I mean mega is famous. Mega as famous it for is. being an actor. She's mega famous for being Taylor Swift, the music star, and she will forever be that because she loves doing that more than she likes acting. I think acting is fun for her. Music is what her career is. So that is where she will put all her time. You all remember, she was only in like 20 minutes of this film. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all focus in too hard. And also, Idris Elvis from Cats still gives me nightmares. (laughs) (laughs) Just putting that out there. I love that you just jumped over. Which I I was... I was... Cats came to the Pantages here in LA. Um... And I could have gotten uh, free tickets to it, but I had my show that those, there were two nights that I could go. Oh, he had his, I had my show, he had both his show. He just didn't want to see cats. <laughs> That's what it is. You want me to send I, you a behind the scenes uh, you damn right. uh, I want some Instagram cats. tonight? <laughs> I want to go see cats. You want to see? I don't want to see cats. I watch the play is fine. It's the movie that's trash. The musical itself is actually pretty pretty awesome. I mean, there's still like people dancing around in spandex, like fake burring cat makeup. I mean, listen, like, I still I, 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 yeah. look. I got. I have openly expressed my fear of furries. That feels very furriness to me, and like, I'm sure they are wonderful actors. I'm sure it is a wonderful film. It is probably scripted well, but. I would probably not be able to sit through that film. Because again, <laughs> Idris Elba gives me nightmares. No, the musical. You know, Idris Elba ain't there. At least we hope not. <laughs> I don't know anymore. Jonathan, Jonathan what's your grade? Um, I'm going to have to give this movie a B+. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. We talked about some of the things with the... We talked about some of the plot issues. Um, maybe reordering the plot could have served it well. Um, but overall, the grade is predominantly given by me because of the aesthetic. I love the visuals. Um, I need to create some sort of like mood board on my wall with these visuals <laughs> or something. Like, uh, And um, yeah, I just had a fun time uh watching it overall every time someone would pop up on screen i was like oh yeah that's right they're in this movie um i also noticed that there was since obviously there's the motif with the eyes like mm-hmm. with his eye continuously falling out like close up on the eyes a lot um i noticed that when someone would be introduced you would focus on their the camera would focus on their face but mostly their eyes like everyone's eyes in this movie's in this movie was, you can, and I, I, I don't notice this with a lot of movies, but you could tell the exact color of their eyes. You could, normally I feel like with movies, you f- tend to focus more on the mouth, focus on when they're speaking. But with this, I was focusing a lot on the eyes. And I wonder if that was intentional, probably was because that was such a big motif of the movie. But I thought that was really interesting that they focused a lot on the eyes 
of the cast members. You said eyes um, so many times in the last like <laughs> two minutes. <laughs> eyes, really eyes, eyes. Sequel to bodies, bodies, bodies. That's right. <laughs> Alex. Sorry, what'd you say? What's Alex? your grade? What are you doing? Uh I give this movie a D. I mean, I did oh, I like the act first, F. but like All right. <laughs> No, like the actors were good and the I mean, if anything's gonna win an award for this film, it's definitely gonna be like costume design. Ooh, that's like their costumes. I don't know. Wakanda Forever's coming out this year. That's gonna be a hard hard one to beat. That's true. <laughs> that's true. But like if anything, I would say like at least costume design's getting uh nominated. But like the movie just fell so flat for me and they were trying so hard. And the fact that you can also feel so many director styles from this film, it, it that makes it feel more clumped together of something, something they were trying to claim. But it's so many other people's styles push into one. And it's just like, well, who were you trying to mimic? Were you trying to mimic somebody? Like, what is what was your goal here? Which was not... I'm, I'm disappointed because this film, again, had so many good lessons and it was such, an, uh, such a distinct time frame. And it could have been such an interesting and good film. And again, the noir thing, I bring it up again because that was such a good selling point for this film. Mm-hmm. And they did it so well. But it was such a bad plot. It was so badly. The flow was just awful. And just like everything was like it did. no ma- There was no saving grace to this film for me. It was a bad film. <laughs> I won't give it a flat out F because, you know, again, the costume designs and the actors all acted very well. They did exactly what their character was going to do. I just wish they had been gev- given a better script for it. Also, I just have to mention this. Can Did anyone else catch randomly that Drake is an executive producer of this movie? No. No. Yes, it's in the credits. It says Dr- executive producers Drake and Adele Future Noor. And then I looked at the IMDb, and sure enough, that is the Drake. Hotline playing Drake. He's an executive he producer. He heard T-Swizzle was in the movie, so he's just like, I got to get me a piece of this. So they also got, like, <laughs> weird producers in this film. Like, what the fuck is going on? But to be fair, Drake it has been doing a lot of producing lately. He produces Euphoria, like he executive produces. Yeah, yeah Euphoria that has sense. that vibe that he would be yeah. burnt. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is going on? Why is he involved in this particular project? <laughs> I'm expecting him to be producing The Weeknd's project then. On HBO Max when that, or HBO in general when that comes out, because that show looks like something Drake would be into. And also, it's the weekend. Like the Drake, the, the Drake, the Drake supports <laughs> the Drake thing that the weekend does. I feel like so. <laughs> I feel like he does. He's like a big fan. Well, of he's him the one who put him on. Like if there was no Drake, who knows if we get the weekend as like a a famous star. I feel like we would still get the weekend. He we the weekend's so good. Like he's he's I feel like somebody else would have brought up the weekend. Maybe. I could see that. I mean, I was like, yeah, because I I, I think he still had a unique sound when he first came out. I wasn't really into it as much, but I I did recognize I was like, this is something different. This is totally different. This is gonna blow up like crazy. Yeah. Anyway, no, um, that's still weird that Drake is <laughs> that the Drake is the Drake and exa- an executive that's producer in the show. His new album is going to be <laughs> the Drake, the Drake. Ah, I hate it. 
<laughs> I, hate it. I hate it all. Socials. All right. You can find me at Jonathan Keys on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you please. I almost messed that up. You can follow us. As I mentioned, the first ones to die. You can email us first ones to die at gmail.com. And we would very much appreciate if you could like and subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube, if you're listening to us through your favorite podcast platform, please give us five stars and a review. It would help us out a lot. Alex, where can people find you at? You can find me at Alex and Nobody on Instagram and on TikTok, as well as the podcast TikTok, The First Ones to Die, where I post little clips of the show and things we may be reviewing next week or any <laughs> upcoming announcements we will also have what about you jerome where are we finding you find me and not jerome right on instagram as well as at robozoo media and at jerome underscore the underscore show to find out all the things that i'm also working on creatively and also if you want a whole bunch of extra content you can't get on other podcast platforms you know, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever is your preference. Go on over to the YouTube channel at The First Ones to Die to see all the stuff we got going on. We've got all types of extra content like book reviews, mini reviews, gaming content, vlogs, all types of stuff over there. In fact, we're also streaming on Twitch now, so be on the lookout on our social medias for when we post uh, updates and announcements on when we're streaming, what time, what place, which is the first ones to die, plays, if you want to know, that's our Twitch channel. But uh, right now we're playing Stray. I don't know how far along it we're into it, but I know that it's an indie game, so I don't expect it to be too long. So come check that out when, it, when we're live. I mean, granted, soon you will start seeing those clips pop up on the YouTube channel. But if you want to catch us live in person, ask questions, chat with us, all types of stuff, come check them out live. All right. And with that, we will see y'all next week. Have a great week. What is that? What are you doing there? What was that slow Wait. goodbye there? Who, Why me you... or Jerome? Yeah, you. No, you. Oh, no. What was I'm that? Just I'm just sitting here. <laughs> That's slow goodbye. All right. Bye. 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 This is my radio sign off. Have a great uh, night. And we'll see y'all next week. Bye-bye. All right, All right. Bye, I guess. <laughs> <laughs>